Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chaotic navigation. Hey guys, thanks for joining us here at the Chaotic Navigation Podcast. I am the beacon in the storm and navigator about discussions, about ideas, health, safety, security, as well as being prepared for natural and man-made disasters with a 30-plus year history experience base in emergency management and high-value security. I bring you some ideas that I hope will invoke some critical thinking and research on the topics I discuss. I do want to take just a minute to give a huge shout out to my wonderfully supportive family, all my friends, both new and old, my fellow Alaskans, and good evening, my fellow Americans. I greatly appreciate them and appreciate all of you for checking out the show and consistently, constantly reaching out and letting me know what's up. Hey, and welcome to this week's show. I am the Alaska Outlaw, and I am glad to be with you again this week, guys. I am so, so happy to be back. And I'm going to be your host and a guide on a discussion this week as we look at a different facet of what's being, what being prepared really looks like in the real world. You know, we talk about it all the time. We read the books, la-di-da, we go to the websites, everything's all well and dandy. But what's, let's put rubber on the road and let's talk about some real world solutions that we need to implement today so that when... At some point in the future, when the shit hits the fan, we're we're kind of ahead of that curve, right? And last week we talked about safety, and this was laying the groundwork for being prepared. Because safety, of course, is the foundation to being prepared. So it's absolutely awesome to be back with you guys. I am so excited. This week, I am really excited to have a special guest with us. We're going to introduce her here in just a minute. And she's going to give us some more ideas about food prep, how to make sure that we got the right things in the cupboards, how to make sure that um, just kind of following up with some more real-world experiences to some of the things that we've had, we've talked about in the past, but this is kind of rubber-on-the-road stuff. So uh, I'm really excited to have her uh, with us this week. So we'll introduce her here in just a minute. Um, But, you know, in typical Alaska outlaw fashion. Hey, baby, let's get this party started.
All right, what do we got here? What do we got? Okay, Bob. Bob from Tennessee asks, hey, what about some more food prep ideas? Bob, you tuned in the right week, my friend. This week, we've got a special guest, and she's going to help us talk about more food prep ideas, making sure that we've all got our boats going in the same direction, right? And that's that's really exciting. So I'm really excited to have her. So Bob, this is the week, man. You picked the right week to dial in, and you picked the right week to uh, ask your question. So we'll make sure that we get that uh, bumper sticker on its way out to you. Really appreciate you guys, all of you guys, taking the time to uh, drop us a line here. That's really cool. Appreciate that. All right. What do we got here? Where did that bag go? I just had it. Oh, here it is. All right. Hey. Oh, hey. Josh from New York. Josh, my son's name is Josh. Just no, just saying. He's, I don't know. Kind of cool. Anyway, Josh. Josh asks, any more food prep ideas? Josh, again, I'll tell you the same thing I told Bob, my friend. Today is the show. You picked the right week, my friend. Um, we'll be talking about food prep. And again, I want to kind of build on what we've already talked about in the past. For those of you who didn't catch the show two weeks ago, um, where we were talking about rotating your stock, making sure you have the right stuff. And I think it was the week before that where we actually talked about initiating your prep, your stores, starting to build that whole kind of thing together. So um, today's your show, Josh. Um, you can uh, hop in the boat with Bob and we're all going to enjoy it. Good question though. Thanks, man. All right. Who do we got here? Oh, Tina from Montana asks, good ideas for food concerns? That's a great, great idea there, Tina. And let's talk a little bit about, and, and I'm sure our special guest today will talk about allergies and special food groups that we're going to need to make sure that we're thinking about, again, kind of in conjunction with our stores, so that, again, we're rotating, we're making sure that, you know, if the crap hit the fan tomorrow, we have the longest wait time till things start spoiling. And so, but uh, I'm hoping our special guest today will, will talk a little bit about allergies, you know, food preferences, and things like that. So, we'll make sure that uh, we get you some answers here today, Tina. All right. All right, we got Kelly from Minnesota. And Kelly Kelly brings up a very interesting topic, and that's she brings up the idea of getting prepared versus rationing food. And that's a, that's a great point, Kelly. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. When we talk about rationing food, we have to remember, and we've said it before, we'll say it again, Everybody's going to be really high strung during any kind of disaster. So we need to make sure that we've got some cal calories on hand. In addition, as we've talked about before, when you talk about weather extremes, that's going to add an additional calorie um, requirement that we're going to need to make sure that we've got available for, for our friends and family, particularly, um, like I said, in those alternate weather situations. Great question, though, Kelly. All right, finally, 
Taylor from Florida. Wondering if I could revisit the food prep. Well, Taylor, Tina, Josh, and Bob, and Kelly. Today is your lucky day because we've got uh, we've got a great show uh, on tap for you guys to talk about being prepared, making sure you got the right stuff, making sure you know where it's at. And again, you're considering food allergies or special feeding uh, that are necessary. Um, should you have any kind of uh, a medical or particularly elderly, possibly uh, all of those types of things, we want to make sure that we're at least we've got it in our plan, right? So we always want to make sure uh, we got a plan for any any type of oddball situations that's going to come out of the normal all right hey i really really want to say thanks to everybody who wrote in those were great oh yeah put that thing away great questions to all you guys that was those were awesome um if i didn't get to your question i'm really sorry about that but don't worry we will surely touch on this topic again as it is relevant to the requirement of survival. All right. Well, before we get after today, I'd like to make sure that for those of you who seek peace, harmony, and just help making sense of life, be sure to check out the Alaska Uv Hefner podcast at https colon whack whack a k u l f as in Frank h e d n a r dot com. After thirty years of spiritually searching and discovery, I can tell you with all honesty i've arrived home i've arrived home to my heritage and ancestry check out my theories about finding peace and harmony with a true understanding of coexistence i really 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 hope to see you there and be sure as well to check out the patreon site at https colon slash slash patreon.com forward slash ak uv hefnar and there you can check out um you know sign up you can get bonus um information bonus posts as well as our our weekly shows so good stuff to be had for sure all right now i've kept you guys waiting patiently i i know i just know by the sound of the crickets on the on the radio here that I've kept you guys on on ice long enough. I'd like to introduce Blake to the show. Blake comes from us uh, to us from all the way from the land down under, and I definitely want to take uh, say a big thank you for her taking time out uh, to uh, to join us today. Welcome, Blake. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, glad to be here outstanding well we are so excited to have you because we are hoping that you can give us uh, a different perspective about food prep and i'm gonna uh, i'll just give you a heads up here we're we're about about a minute away uh, from our first commercial break but when we come back from commercial i definitely want to dig into this but Here's some ideas to kind of put into your head here. You know, we've talked about here on the show about being prepared, about making sure we had the right preps and, and making sure that we uh, 
we always had the right things that our family would eat, which is a really big thing to survival because, you know, baked beans are really wonderful, uh, full of protein and full of all the goodies. But if nobody in your family likes them, you know, it kind of makes disaster um, recovery that much more challenging, right? Absolutely. I, I can completely understand having a nine-year-old who doesn't really eat anything that's not the color white at the moment. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and that's exactly right. So, um, but before we get too deep, I want to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue with Blake and we're going to talk about food prep. We'll be back right after this message. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, we now have visual on target. Welcome back to Chaotic Navigation. All right. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for taking that quick break with us. Before we left, we were just kind of getting this ball rolling, uh, talking about food prep from a different perspective, you know, because you guys always hear me on and on, yada, 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 30 minutes a week, talking about these, these different parts of food prep and being prepared, having the right stuff, but I wanted to get a different perspective, to A, to prove that I wasn't crazy, and B, just to have another perspective. And, and I'm so lucky to have Blake joining us today because Blake really brings not only uh, you know, knowledge on the subject, but knowledge from another country as, as she is calling us from Australia. So, B Blake? Howdy. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. And uh, you uh, you want to get us started with uh, some ideas about food prep. Oh, food I, prep um, from Australia, I guess. So, obviously, I live in Australia. I live in Victoria, which is a kind of moderate environment. So, we get rain, really warm summers. Um, as it... So we have access to kind of a, a pretty decent variety of food as Australia is pretty self-sustaining in terms of what our food supply looks like. Uh, we have local farms, so I can literally take 20 minutes from my drive and go drive up to a farm. And I recognize that's a pretty lucky thing uh, as parts of the United States or other parts of the world don't have that access to food. So I think food prep 
becomes really important because if you don't have direct access or a grocery store or those things, even remotely close or even in a non kind of bad situation. Yeah. Um, and that... having food on hand is always good because like right now we're in the middle of a global pandemic and some people get a little nervous. So they t- try to stock up on meat and all these kind of disposable, I don't want to say disposable, but you know, really easy to go off items, which is fine. And it's probably great if you have a giant freezer or, you know, places to put these things. But for the rest of us who cannot afford a giant freezer, (laughs) there are other options in the ways of food and making sure you get a balanced nutrition and all your kind of vitamins and minerals. So you're not, you know, uh, mal- malnutritioned. Right. I'm not sure if I'm saying that word right. <laughs> right. No, you you pretty much but, got it. And also making sure you can approach it where, if you have a nine year old like mine, I love him, but uh, <laughs> certainly test your ability to cook is when you have a very picky eater, or if you have like a couple of my friends where their kids have allergies, because allergies are very prominent these days with milk, egg, peanuts, soy, wheat tree nuts, shellfish, fish, and sesame being kind of the most common allergies that are out there. So trying to build a food stash, as I call it, according to that. So I personally am lactose intolerant, so I cannot have any dairy unless I feel like having a really bad day, which I try to avoid. Um, So all my food stash is based around that and the fact that my family kind of prefers more... I don't want to say carby food, but they like pancakes and, you know, stuff that you can cook up quick and you're not sitting there soaking your beans for six hours or eight hours, you know, and stuff that's safe to store because there are certain foods that are just not safe to store for long periods or you need to prep them a certain way so they are safe for long term. A lot of people don't realize when they go to store things that things do have a shelf life and just because it's a dried item doesn't mean it's safe for the long term like uh flour is a really good example so during our global pandemic i noticed a lot of people bought up flour which is fine you make a lot of bread it's good but flour has a shelf life that's what people don't realize it's good for about a year ground flour is good for about a year so if you're not a haven't pre-baked it before storing it you haven't frozen it or at least tried your best to put it in like a cold storage a cooler storage or you know you have risks of um fungus microbes and other things that are just gonna make your day pretty bloody miserable nice (laughs) nice and that and that brings up a, a great question blake when you uh, before the show, we were we were talking momentarily, and and you had kind of mentioned, and and we just want to make sure that we clarify for everybody that that you know this is not your career, um, uh, you're not credentialed, uh, you are no. a you are a mom wife, uh, normal human being <laughs> who happens Absolutely. to live in Australia, <laughs> and. You know, has family responsibilities, uh, particularly in the case of, of a disaster or an emergency. 
Um, one of the other things that I wanted to make sure that that we kind of looked at is one of the things that I remember, um, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before when you guys had the real bad floods down there. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're currently having them. The weather here has been entertaining as bad <laughs> at best. Nice. We had a tree come down in my yard last week for last because pretty good winds and yesterday uh i guess towards the north of the city i live in um one of the bigger shopping centers the roof collapsed because of so much rain wow so i'm just like "Mm -hmm, Mm. that doesn't sound fun for them well you bring up a great topic and i i definitely want to revisit that we're going to go to commercial here in just a minute but um great topic and that was and i know we've talked about it on the show before and that is the shelf life idea um a lot of people think that oh i'll just go out and buy all these canned goods store the kangaroo goods in the garage or you know wherever indefinitely and it is a very common error in prep preparedness to not keep checking your shelf life and not not kind of keep that in the forefront of your brain. So, but when we come back from break, I want to I want to I'd like to pick your brain just a little bit more about the idea of shelf life and maybe some ideas to get around that. I think that would be great. All right, guys, we'll be right back with Blake after the break. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, we now have visual on target. Welcome back to Chaotic Navigation. Navigation. All right. Hey, and welcome back. Thanks for taking that quick break with us. Definitely need to pay some bills. So it's nice of you to uh, to help us out there. Okay, so before we went on break, um, Blake picked a, a great topic. And I know we've talked about it before, but I want to pick, um, Blake, uh, you had also mentioned some, some ideas about... And I'm going to use this. This is my George W. Word of the Week. And that's pre-prep. <laughs> and that's where, you know, we're talking about storing some of these foods and a possible way or a possible step that you can add that's going to add some shelf life to them. You had mentioned that about flour, but I wonder, just throwing it out there, what do you think? Um so I think for a lot of food, and this comes from both personal experience and a lot of my research, um, I'm a food nerd, so I like doing a lot of reading about stuff because I don't really have a lot else going on, I guess. I don't know. And it's cool because food is one of those things we all kind of require. So um, usually the extra step I take personally is sterilizing anything um, in terms of storage containers. So if I have, say soy or like soybeans or beans or you know some sort of like nut or seed i sterilize the container before putting it in then make sure it's dry you really want to make sure things stay dry and 
temperature stable. Those are your kind of key components there in terms of longevity. So the thing, as you brought up with the canned food and, you know, rotating your stock, what people don't always realize is when you have those fluctuations in temperature, um, you risk, especially if a can becomes compromised, you have, you risk botulinum, which in a, in any situation, you know, much more a problematic one, uh, botulinum is not something you want to play with. Right. Right. Now, what um, about what, what containers and, and you've mentioned a little bit about sterilization. What you know, my my ideas of containers would be uh, Tupperware, um, some kind of um, uh, the tubs um, where I'm going to also wrap it in a, a rubber strap around the seal so that you know it it, it gets a um, almost to a point of a vacuum seal. But what about Ziplocs and things like that? What's what are your thoughts personally, there? Personally, that's too many steps. <laughs> like I know, I know that sounds really bad, but I think our ancestors said it right with the glass jars and reusing glass jars because glass A is doesn't have any porous spaces like plastic does for any sort of fungus or microbe to kind of hang in there. So you're, and it also doesn't hold smell either, which is kind of important, I think. Yeah, okay, I, I'm good with that. Now, so you're you're kind of talking more about like mason jars and, and things of that nature? I use everything from mason jars to reuse pasta containers, um, like those, like the sauce, the pasta, the pasta sauce? Oh, jars? yeah, they, they yeah. Come like, like spaghetti sauce and US, stuff? Right? Yeah. Yeah, um, and I'm kind of a hard advocate for you know use your thrift stores use you know reuse that stuff there's um some older tupperware that comes with like it's a a glass container with like a plastic lid that has like a rubber seal those are really nice Mm. those are really good in my opinion oh i think Um, i remember what yeah i think i know what you mean yeah 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 they, they might be outside so obviously living in australia i have a bit of a different kind of availability tupperware and that sort of like stuff is runs kind of expensive and i'm kind of a cheap kind of poor okay i don't want to shell out for that sort of thing and i find like the plastic bags uh what do you call them ziplocs i i find that's very fiddly and like it's too easy to get compromised from bugs rats you know or even like you have a flood and then parts of it float away or you know like i like things being where i put them and not on the other side of the room well that that brings that brings up a great point and we've talked in previous shows about storage locations throughout the house um do you have any yeah i'm just thinking of your home there and particularly given the fact that we've talked about you having floods in the past um do you do you have a particular storage locations that you would store your stores or your 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 food prep so i personally keep mine out of direct sunlight uh you want to make sure it's as temperature stable as possible and here in australia that's a bit that can be a bit more fiddly um because we kind of go from one extreme to the other uh currently it's like i think like 60 degrees and the other day it was like 110 so you know that's fahrenheit for you 
Northern yeah. people. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's like, only American. It's only yeah, American that does Fahrenheit. Everybody else got a hold of it and did Celsius. Yeah. Um, then you kind of want to go, see I said, uh, temperature is stable. You want to out of direct sunlight because sunlight is great for drying food, and but it's not great for storing food. And if you can, possibly, you want to keep it as cool as possible. So, like, root cellars and stuff are nice. But, obviously, here in Australia, um, that's not a thing. If you have floods, you want to make sure it's secure so you're not getting any moisture into your store. Um, I find what works for me is making sure everything's really well sealed. And you can either put it in another container or... You can put a wax sealer around that in addition. That also mm. gives you kind of a visual indicator if your seal's been busted. Yeah. Yeah, that's a um, great idea. I'd never thought of that one. Uh, I learned that from a lot of homesteader stuff, actually. Mm. If, you're, if you're kind of looking for stuff for now to kind of practice getting into sort of storing things, looking at homesteader and, you know, kind of that sort of mentality really helps because i find so obviously as i said i'm lactose intolerant so i can't have milk so milk is never in my concept for storage or cheese or anything like that so everything else for me kind of works around that so things i usually use instead of milk is like almond milk which is nice because it's generally shelf safe for about two years so i can and nobody likes it so it's always at the grocery store right right <laughs> um and there's like my friend who her daughter is completely allergic to dairy. Like she will turn into a nice little puffer fish if she has dairy, which is not fun. Um, so basically anything she kind of keeps on hand or has stored or I have stored when her kids come over, um, can't have dairy in it at all. So you also want to make sure you're not cross contaminating on your stores. And I think and that goes back to, you know, making sure everything's sealed and making sure you don't have things just, I don't know, sitting out. <laughs> well, that, that that brings up a great point, Blake, and, and you've mentioned it before, and, and we certainly talked about it before the show, but that, that's a great point in that we've talked about, on the show, we've talked about food types and when we're starting to get our stores together and we're starting to even before we really engage fully in our store creation so to speak we need to do a little planning about what kinds of foods that we're going to put in this because ultimately when we talk about disasters we need this thing called comfort food we absolutely and we need to have yeah you know in particular kids um you know adults too but particularly with kids um so, you know, you had mentioned uh, in the earlier part of the show about where everybody gets a run on the, the convenient food, right? The, the food you run home, yeah. you throw in the microwave, and, and poof, you got dinner. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts then about, you know, talking about your stores, your, your beans, your rice, your, all of these things? Where do you kind of supplement that with these food types that everybody's comfortable with that's kind of a hard so 
how I built my kind of food store is I just went with what everybody likes and just kind of start back stocking on that. And so every payday I'd buy a little more and I would kind of make sure it's squirreled away. In terms of comfort food, I started actually getting everyone comfortable with more than just food that I grew up with. So in terms of like treats and sweets and stuff, one of my favorite things that my family actually really enjoys is it's called like baked bao, which it comes from China. And it's like a nice little cake thing that's like really soft and squishy and it's sweet and everybody really likes it, but it's maybe like $2 in ingredients and all the ingredients are shelf safe. So, mm. and it's a kind of a really nice comforty food because it's, it's sweet. It's something I make during any times and it can be made even in, I'd say a survival situation. Mm-hmm. And like, cause you can bake things on your stove, you know, absolutely. So I, you know, so I, I think that's kind of, you so, need to expand what you're used to, I think, is it comes down to, yeah, you have your comfort foods, but maybe in terms of long term is expanding what your comfort foods are because, you know, you're not going to be able to go have your kale salad in the middle of. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And that that's that's my point. And, and so when we talk about those comfort foods, I, I love your idea. And that is you're more or less driving your family unit into uh comfort foods that they they remember from times before we were in this emergency that they're comfortable with that were easy to use that you had the ingredients everything worked it was fairly easy and yet it's familiar enough for them where they can kind of feel comfortable with it so you're kind of driving that in lieu of kind of letting them drive your menu right and i find is for foods like actual making a food yeah you have all your ingredients you have your rice you have your beans is the most diverse food you can make in my opinion is soup and i know that sounds like oh god soup because soup is something you can really screw up i think but there's so many different types of soups and it's i you can make it so hearty and it's so kind of comforting. Like if it's been pissing rain for, you know, two weeks and you're kind of pretending to be Noah on an ark, <laughs> warm soup goes a long way. You, know, well, you can have a nice warm soup. Then I find pan bread is really nice to throw together. And my son also enjoys it for his lunches. It's nice. just like basically it's just flour and water mixed together to make it like a basic kind of crappy dough and you just throw it in the pan with some oil and he's just in a nice you know bread so. yeah and that's 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 perfect all right before we go much further we're going to go ahead and take another quick break when we come back i want to continue uh to talk with blake and get some more ideas as to some homespun and i i'm really i don't know about you guys but i am really loving the the idea of the simplicity of this 
And so that's that's really exciting for me. So, all right, let us take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue to talk with Blake. We'll be back right after this message. Chaotic navigation. Welcome back to Chaotic Navigation. All right. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for taking that quick break with us. When we left, we were kind of finishing up talking about food types and 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 kind of getting that level of preparedness and and Blake has brought up some great ideas about some food items where we're not talking about rocket scientistry here we're talking about I I think the one you mentioned just before we went on break uh, Blake was was essentially flour and water and and cooked to um you know, taste, and, and then you've got calories, you've got um, a, a food source for the family. Yeah, so a lot of my inspiration actually comes from people who've endured those hardships prior, and history is a great teacher. Um, I look at everything from, you know, the Asia. A lot, a lot of great recipes come from Asia. One of my favorites that I actually make pretty consistently um and the name of it escapes me, but basically it's like a rice porridge. You basically cook like a, ha- a quarter cup of rice until it has no more life to it, and it's got chicken in it, and it is so warm and comforting. Nice. Then you look at, like, the bread actually comes from um, both a reference to Viking, you know, early 14th century Viking-style food, but also Native American fry bread if you're ever really interested and in knowing about food that comes you know that come you get going in hard times and some great recipes is look to the native american um and they're also like great information for kind of foraging and living off the land so you're not just stuck with your food you know i, I suppose what you've got in your stores and that yeah and that that you're exactly right as far as the flatbread i mean flatbread goes all the way back to the egyptian and the yeah. byzantine empire um so yeah i mean we're talking hundreds well, if you look at fry bread specifically if you like youtube it and actually watch them make it it's really it's a very high calorie and very comfort food which has issues if you're eating a lot of it but it's really good kind of a nice comfort food too right and and it's a shot of calories so i yeah. mean it's certainly worth so that like, i mean i remember the the tortillas that uh they used to make down in south tucson when i was a young man and uh yeah they were huge <laughs> and and they were so tasty and yet, I knew they were so caloric, which is probably why I rolled to work now. But um, the other, the other, uh, <laughs> the other comment I was going to make is, uh, you know, with stews and soups going back to uh, pre-medieval, uh, going back into the very early part of this geological epoch, and with uh, again with empires like the Egyptians, like the Byzantines, like. Um, you know, those early, early, early settlements able to make, you know, if nothing else, a stew, right? So, yeah, Pretty good stuff. I, I find with stews is, is you can take most of your favorite ingredients 
if you get a decent ratio going, you can throw it in a pot with some water, and you've got yourself a really nice soup. I find for my family, um, one dish that I make pretty frequently that everybody really likes is it's a it's like a cabbage dish, which you think most kids are like, I'm not going to touch cabbage with a 10-foot pole because it's green. <laughs> and, um but it's a cabbage dish that has cabbage, and it's usually we use the Chinese cabbage, which is this big kind of, I don't, I don't remember the word for that. We'll just cabbage. use big, that works. Yeah, then bacon, and then you use, like, I use um, for the broth, you just throw that, chop it up, throw it in a pot, and then you do, like, soy sauce with, and uh, rice wine, and um, a little bit of vinegar, and you leave that to simmer for as long as you feel like, usually until everything's soft and cook, cooked, and then you've got yourself a nice meal. And every, like my son actually will eat the cabbage, which I can't tell you how much of a if, achievement that is for me. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's great. <laughs> I was going to say, if nothing else, it's a measuring stick in of itself. Yeah, I know. I give him a hard time, but he's he's a good kid. But uh, sometimes it's like, dude, please, please just eat. <laughs> well, I, I definitely want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule. Um, I, I know with uh, the, everything we all have going on that uh, sometimes it's a little challenging to do that. I'm, I'm so glad that you took the time to join us tonight. Um, and offer your insight because I think you, you've, you've brought up some super awesome points about the simplicity um you know everybody um when you bring up this idea of preps and you know being prepared everybody gets all wigged out thinking it's this rocket scientistry when in fact it's really not it's it's it can be that simple um and the other point that I think you really brought up for us is that I was very pleased to hear is that you didn't have to break the bank to do this. No, um, I am I am a cheapskate by like a long margin, and like for my current stores, and I just want to put that as a reference so people kind of get the concept. I currently in my stores, and I don't hugely prep i just try to keep things just in case like the grocery stores run out or like we have food shortages or you know something happens to supply chain i have about um 10 10 ish 20 ish pounds of rice sitting in a container on you know in my kitchen floor it's sealed and i have you know probably off and on about five to set five to ten different bags of pasta and you know different beans and uh, different kind of odd and dry goods that's kind of what i keep on hand because everything else like fruits and vegetables i try to a forge or b i try to go get locally from like local i i know it's that word is thrown around a lot local farmers (laughs) No, that's great. That's awesome. If you have them, those they're the best resource ever. Yeah. And another thing, if you really kind of want a shot of green in a bad situation, is that as one thing I'll recommend is that the Asian community gets right is uh, bean sprouts. 
and I, there we go. Oh God, it, it's a green thing. Um, you just, I don't know what kind of bean it is, but you can take beans and just throw it on a sheet, put some water, you know, put it on, put it out and you'll have sprouts within like a week. And A, they're nutritious and B, you know, it makes a lot of the nutrition that's in them more bioavailable. And see, you know, it's green, which sometimes after eating rice and beans for a while, it's nice. It's nice to have a, a, a change. Well, yeah, and I, well, again, I really appreciate you, you taking the time out to, to join us this week. Um, I definitely want to uh, invite you back again at some point because I know there are some other okay. skills in that, in that, uh, and that grape of yours that I, I think would benefit our listeners greatly. And um, I really want to say thanks. Um, anything you want to say on your way out? Um, thanks for having me. And for everybody who's kind of looking to get started or even just kind of make their thing going is my word of advice is just keep it simple. Don't don't stress yourself out. Don't get hyped on the, the brand wagon. And I, I say that with a grain of salt is, you know, just cause it's freeze dried packaged by God himself doesn't make it, you know, something you are going to want to eat in six months. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I, I definitely, again, I totally appreciate you coming on with us today and, uh, yeah, yeah. we will, uh, we'll touch base with you again and, uh, get you back here and talk about some other stuff I know you know about. In the meantime, for the rest of uh, you guys, I, as always, uh, I am so honored and humbled that you have taken this time uh, and spent it with us here uh, at the Chaotic Navigations. I deeply appreciate each and every one of you. Being prepared provides each of us with the confidence for successful survival. We mentioned before, and we will certainly, absolutely 100% say again, that survival is a 90% mental task, but that 10%... The remaining 10% of physical resources is still critically important, okay? So by having the confidence and the discipline, we can and we will survive and thrive. Remember, be strong, be safe, and keep your head on a swivel. Peace. Thank you so much for dialing in to our show today. Please be sure to check out all of our social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, all of the others, be sure to check out our website at http colon slash slash chaoticnav dot com. And also, I just want to give a shout out to our uh, sister site and my all my research uh, in spirituality. Check them out. Great stuff for you there uh, to help get things back on track mentally so you can be safe and healthy. Check them out. HTTP colon slash slash A-K-U-L-F-S-H-E-D-N-A-R-N-A-R-A-K-Outlaw.com or you can go to their other link which is Forn F-O-R-N dash cedar s-i-d-r dot a-k outlaw.com um some great stuff there and uh, feel free to drop me a line on either site be sure to check out 
all their websites uh, and, and social media sites as well. Uh, this is Echo Zero Nine. We have hostels moving in. This has been Podcast by Alaska Outlaw Productions.